destroy all children is a website just for you If playing with video games is what you like to do Or rotting your brain with comics and first run movies too We've got a great selection of news and reviews So search us out on the web, you just won't get enough Of all our digital madness and other fancy stuff We'll also make you laugh until your tummy's feeling buff Destroy all children you should go there now. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Destroy All Children. Knowing me, Larry Davis. Knowing you, George Brundle. Uh-huh. 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 Hey, how about yeah. that cyberpunk, huh? It's time to start our now recurring <laughs> weekly segment, How yeah. About That Cyberpunk? Sure. I mean, oh, man. CD Projekt Red simply cannot stop winning, it turns out. <laughs> Why do we have to open every show with Cyberpunk now? Can't I we mean, talk about something else I mean, first and then we'll do Cyberpunk? Just we, for a change of pace, just to make it a little bit different. Okay, sure. Anyway, All uh, right. I'll, I'll start then. We, I was going to say, do you have any news? But the news is Cyberpunk, so no. Well, I do, have one other bit of, I do have one other bit of news. All right, what is it? Yeah, Wonder Woman ain't doing so hot internationally. What? Uh, even though they were really banking on it doing very hot internationally. Uh, I mean, the first one didn't, right? I think the first one did. Um, I can't remember. It did fine yeah, internationally. I, I thought the I first one it, like, it was all amount. pretty much domestic. Uh, 2017's Wonder Woman opened to 38 million in China before earning a total of 90.5 million. Yeah, it's not a lot. Yeah, uh, but this one so far has only opened to 18.8 million in China for a total of 38.5 million overseas. Yeah, so that, that's, they again, were. That's not a huge difference, though. I guess, but they were still expecting better. I think of the international like theatrical market, since so obviously that... that's not going to be as much of a thing here with theaters basically being dead. So they're like Square Enix. They just expect absurdly high numbers and then get mad when it's not reached. Yeah, basically. Okay. But like, I think part of the problem too is you know, we kind of got into this. I want to say it was just last week, but that we don't get the numbers for streaming services and how well yeah. particular movies do on those platforms. So who's to say what Wonder Woman will end up making in the long run? But from the numbers that we will have, International theaters are going to be the top earners for going out and seeing the movie in a physical location uh, because it's not going to be the United States at this point. No. So for to earn that, in again, in lieu of knowing what those streaming numbers are going to be, that's not great. No. So. Really, I think they're probably going to end up getting about the same amount on HBO Max. If you consider like how many people like sign up for it because they got rid of the free trials, so you're not going to have uh, people mooching off of it that way. Uh, yeah. Uh and like considering HBO Max is $15 per month, uh I did not pay $15 for movie tickets. A lot of people don't unless you live in like a major city or something. Uh, yeah. So in a lot of cases they would be making more on that than they would on movie ticket and they don't have to cut the theaters in on any of it. So they're yeah. actually getting a higher profit per person than they would otherwise. But who knows? We'll see. Obviously, well, Mulan kinda... did not do well with that method. Uh, so, 
Well, I kind of wonder, too, if they're seeing diminishing returns in the international market, particularly China, where superhero movies do very well. China. Then if that is even more of an incentive to push towards this online distribution for movies over the theater. I don't know. That really matters because they don't have a choice in it. Well, I mean, trying to push that out in more territories. Oh, because like oh, I don't, yeah. I, I don't know what the distribution is like for that in China. I, I don't know what the streaming distribution for that is going to be. Who knows? Versus here, yeah, yeah, yeah. It... <laughs> Sorry, Wonder Woman. I'm One not. of the best movies of 2020, <laughs> according to IGN, because fucking nothing came out in 2020. Yeah. Movies are dead. Uh, which that would be, I guess, the other bit of news is that. Uh, James Bond is up for sale. <laughs> yeah, MGM putting them up for uh-huh. sale. Um, so apparently Disney can't buy anymore, I think. Good. From what I was reading. Uh, but that just means Warner Brothers is going to buy them. Yeah. Apparently Which... they have a lot of other MGM stuff anyway, so I guess it makes sense. Yeah. I thought so MGM Warner was Brothers already... Not in the business of good... I thought somebody already bought them. Sony. Okay. I thought, right? I don't know. Because I want to say that Sony branding is on James Bond stuff. It is, but I don't know if yeah. that's related to it. But um, because yeah, was. like there's the whole bit at Casino Royale at the end where he has the Vio laptop. Um, oh yeah. But I, like MGM is always <laughs> in bad shape. Like they are constantly about to go bankrupt. So I have no idea. Mm. Well, that's it for movie news. Uh, The news being movies are still dead So now we get to talk about cyberpunk No Now we get to talk about what I've been playing I've been playing User Yeah User Uh It's uh, cool Say it again User Uh, It's a a new game from uh, these fellas called Harmonix um, you might remember they made a frequency, amplitude. And you didn't really hear much from them for quite a while, but now they're back with Fuser, which is a DJ yeah. game. Which that's something nobody else has ever attempted before. Um, <laughs> but re- what if you could play this on like a peripheral that has like a it looks like a you know you got like a vinyl record and then maybe you got some knobs and stuff maybe some buttons you can push that would be really cool i wish somebody would do that what if they did that but they made it like an actual game also that would be pretty cool that's just crazy talk so yeah i don't think anyone would do that so yes fuser is a uh, dj game uh, where you're creating mixes and everything it's basically like drop mix which was their board game they released a few years ago and uh Promptly hit clearance shelves nationwide um, Because they use like card packs That you had to buy and all this stuff I Many bad decisions from harmonics in the past So But Fuser takes that and just makes a video game out of it Where you don't have to mess around with cards and everything Which is a good idea And the core of it Is really good Like being able to just drop in tracks From various songs and Switch tempos, keys, add effects, all this stuff It's really fun to mess around with The problem is, it's not a good game They did not put a whole lot of thought into the game part of it First Tell of me all, about it, Larry Davis Okay 
I'm not used to talking by myself for long stretches of time, so I'm going to run out of breath while I talk about the various ways Fuser fails at being a video game. Alright, while you do that, I'm going to kick my legs up and I'm going to drink this refreshing Diet Dr. Pepper and cream soda. Alright, it, it's time for Larry Davis's Recliner of Rage, where I'm going to rant about Fuser. <laughs> you poison my mind while I poison my body. Let's go. Uh -huh. Let's do this. Um, okay, so, you have a campaign. As you would expect from a music game well, I, I guess you actually kind of wouldn't in a lot of them But whatever oh. So you have these stages the, the campaign is basically just a tutorial It's just telling you how It's walking you through all the various steps Like first dropping and then queuing tracks And then ah, effects Piano and... 1800 <laughs> of music games Okay, I follow you Maybe Maybe, I'm not quite sure I'll see how well it lines up to Anno In uh, later later parts of this discussion But uh, the problem is The game obviously cannot tell When something sounds good or not Right? Like even yeah. like, from person to person They'd have different different it's criteria for Yeah, exactly uh, That's why ICP sells so many records Um so no disrespect to Juggalos They're good people for the most part Yeah Look you don't want to make an enemy of them So even no. if you don't actually like feel that You should still say that I have no truck with Violent J and Shaggy 2 Dope The fine purveyors of such films as Big Money Rustlers I uh, would like to remind everyone that I had a friend who was a Juggalo for a while He had this trick that he liked to do uh, Which was that he thrust his hips back and forth rapidly So you would hear his balls Smack against his ass Juggalos don't hide who they are They are to be feared It's a good trick it The is. Joker's yeah. trick, they call it I knew another guy who did a thing he called the trick of the day Where he shoved like an entire banana in his mouth I knew very weird people in high school yeah, That's not that impressive I bet I could do that Wait, peel and all? No, he would unpeel it first Okay, then yeah, Come whatever on. That's not impressive So, you have the campaign Game can't tell if anything is, like sounds good or not So the only way it can score you is based on you doing things And so you're just constantly dropping tracks in Or switching back and forth or whatever As fast as you can on the beats or during pickups Which, um, it shows like a little metronome type thing That shows you when the downbeat is on each bar Um, and pickups which are, that would be You know, when, uh, an all-star when he says Somebody like something like that The start of a chorus yeah. or a hook or something And so ideally You're wanting to drop on the pickups And then also on the downbeat whenever you can And so you're kind of just mashing all of this stuff together And it always sounds terrible But it gets you five stars So whatever The other thing you're doing is that you are following The tasks that you're given in the corner um, Which do not change For each level They're always the same It'll be like uh, start by dropping the guitar part from Rock the Casbah Or something Or um, exclude everything except for one drum track They're okay. always annoying Especially because a lot of times it gives you very little time to do some of them Like um, when it will say like exclude all but one track uh, But you have to have that active for like most of the time of the task And that means then you can't eject the others on the beat Because otherwise you won't have enough time left And so you just have to mash them out 
So by giving you these tasks, I would imagine it ends up creating music that is nigh unlistenable. Sometimes. Right? Okay. I mean, actually, that often ends up with it like sounding more listenable than when you're just mashing in all the tracks. Because it oh. will be like, uh, put three drum tracks down, and then sometimes that can sound cool. Well, but... you had streamed some of this out, and I had watched it, and a lot of the stuff that you were just putting together on the fly sounded pretty good. Yeah, um, well, that's that's kind like of the main what... thing, is if you're just sort of paying attention to the pickup specifically, then it'll sound all right. Usually, unless you try to put rehab in there um, And by the way, our thoughts and prayers are with John Mulaney uh, But rehab <laughs> does not sound good with anything Except for the horns, which is pretty good So, y yeah, like, again When freestyling and everything, it's a really cool game I like it a lot, but Again, my issues here are with the campaign So, oh, in addition to that, people will have requests Those are random those are not determined by the level or anything And uh, whenever there are two of them As far as I can tell There actually there might be some cases where there, this isn't the case But um, if they have two requests Usually you can do them with one drop So it'll be like one person will say I want uh, to hear rap or hip hop And the other person will say I want strings And so then you can go over to in the club And drop the strings from that And it will give you a combo bonus The issue mm. there is Because those are randomly generated Sometimes those will mess with the tasks that you're given For example it'll, you'll, like, you'll have a task for Only have drum tracks And then somebody will want horns And it's like well Okay I guess I have to drop horns in here And it's going to mess up the drum track task So that's kind of a problem Anyway Harmonix does it again So that's not even the biggest problem If that was it, wouldn't be what? too bad uh, That all sounds like a pretty big problem to me but Well, it kind of is But okay, You finish all of this I, I finished the campaign I was level 10 I had unlocked maybe half the tracks You get music tokens for unlocking tracks By leveling up You only get XP to level up by playing the campaign Nothing else Freestyling does not give you any XP whatsoever Oh great So yeah. you have a lot of songs then, right? Because you played the campaign So you have most of the songs I just that's said the way to get the XP? I just said I unlocked about half of them But that's Most of the songs? <laughs> no <laughs> So um... Wait, so are you telling me You'd have to play the campaign like at least one and maybe a half more time to get everything I mean it would be at least twice probably But that's assuming uh. that the XP Oh and actually I should mention the XP is based on how many stars you get And I got like four or five stars on every song So uh. Or stage I guess not song um, So I did probably about as well as you could be expected to Because I've gone back and replayed some and there's somewhere I have no idea what I could possibly do better And I end up just a tiny bit away from five stars So I'm not really sure what the deal is with those But um I, Actually I think some of those is because the requests can come in While I'm just mashing things in And then I don't get a combo Because I'm not like I'm just going ahead and jamming in stuff And it just happens to match one of the two requests That might be it I don't know mm. Anyway 
so you think okay well that that's not too bad i can go back and play these missions um here's the issue though they still tutorialize you oh so like the tutorial prompts are just continually coming up even if you uh-huh. beat the game yep it's Love still it when video games do that it's still popping up and saying here's how you cue a track uh also by the way the characters are terrible and they will not shut up while you are playing Larry Davis, I had the same exact issue playing Sonic Forces. The <laughs> oh, early great. levels, they have the question mark, like, bubbles, and they tutorialize you on things like how to jump in a video game, and they never go away, and they put them, like, directly in your path, so you have basically no choice but to run into them, and just causes you to, like, constantly start and stop in those early levels. It makes them a pain in the ass to play. I know your pain. Very cool. I sympathize with you. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, but yeah, I I skipped like every cutscene. Like within five seconds of the first cutscene, I was like, I don't want to hear any of these people anymore. I'm surprised that this game even has cutscenes. That seems completely unnecessary. This to me, they're just intros. Like when you get to a new stage, like the the stages are like different festivals or something, and each one has a different DJ character who is the one that's introducing you. To me, it just seems like you could build this entire game around the freestyle mode and just have you uh-huh. accruing XP through just freestyling. Sure. And then I mean, unlocking more songs that way. This doesn't seem like it needs to necessarily have a story mode in it. I mean, at, let at alone the very one least, that is just... To just give it like, you know, 50 XP per minute in freestyle or something. Or have it... Yeah, e- yeah. Even then, I guess there would be people who would leave it to idle. But just have it max out at 500 per session or something before you quit and change out your tracks and come back in or something. Well, I guess that's sort of my thing, I guess, is that it sounds like the story mode is just not well thought out. It is not structured well. That would be bad enough, but it it seems like you just don't even need to have a story mode in it. Yeah, it, and. I mean, Eh, to a degree, they understood that because they didn't put the thought into it. Yeah. So, okay, there's that. So when you level up, you're also getting style tokens in addition to music tokens. Style tokens can be used to unlock... Uh, they can be used to unlock clothes for your character. Um, they can be used for uh, things for your stage, like different light effects or... Um, like the crowd can throw items up and you can unlock stuff for that except here's the issue with that and this is another thing where they did not put any thought to it you remember how I said after I had completed the campaign with all four and five stars I was level 10 Mm. most things do not unlock until until you are level 30 30 What's the level cap? Like 50? I don't, I don't know. Probably. Because I think there are some things that don't unlock until like 40. Uh, oh. All I want is I want the projector that will show a bunch of rolling hot dogs behind me. That's all I want. And that I can't get until I'm level 30. And I'm never going to reach level 30. So yeah, uh, a lot of things that you can spend style tokens on, you cannot buy. Until you're way leveled up. I, ha- I have like... 5,000 or so just sitting around. I ended up just buying everything I possibly could. I still had a bunch left over. However, this is this this my lesson to anybody listening who's going to play Fuser. Cheat Engine works with it. So, 
<laughs> Make sure the, the, This is one thing I had to go back and replay some campaign To uh, level up again and get some music tokens Because I was out And you need to have a little bank of tokens So you can find what the token value is In the memory using Sheet Engine Because like, you'll have to uh, enter the amount And then buy something And then choose like you know reduced amount Or the new amount or whatever And scan again but yeah, it will work. So I just uh, used Cheat Engine and put like 50,000 tokens in there, and I bought everything. Finally, Fuser's playable. I recommend it. Yeah. I want to try it, but for 30 bucks, like I'm not good at anything to do with music. I'm basically tone deaf. Uh, the library music I have my PC would tell anybody that. <laughs> and you asked me for some song suggestions to put in there. First exactly of all, I misunderstood I how, yeah. I kept trying to put my prerogative in absolutely everything <laughs> because I really like my prerogative. But it doesn't it doesn't seem to have like the really good horn part of my prerogative. Yeah. Like synthesized horns. That's, that's weird. That's the best part. So that is the kind oh, of the weird man. thing. Um they charge two dollars per song for Fuser DLC. Which considering that Ooh. these are just like one verse, one chorus loops, that yeah. seems not great. Uh, I really buy a want song to listen to for less than that. Yeah, I want to get Funky Cold Medina and Groove is in the Heart, but I also don't want to pay two dollars for those. Yeah. Uh, Apache they have in there. Now that's a good fit. You know, just make sure oh, you yeah. have those bongo loops in it. Um jump on it. Yeah. So yeah, that's the thing, is Fuser right now, as the time of this recording, I believe it's going on until the end of the year. Um, the Epic Store has it for $40, but you get a free $10 coupon, so it makes it 30 So that was my buy price for it anyway. And also when you buy it, you get another $10 coupon, so it's $30. Unless you were dumb enough to use that coupon on something else and then didn't get another one, in which case, I don't know, sucks to be you, I guess. Um... Yeah, for that price, I would say it's good Like just for the freestyling That's the bit I like in it As a game, it's terrible But, hey, whatever Use Cheat Engine Get your tokens Unlock Bodak Yellow That's what I did I got my tokens yeah, I I had to unlock Thrift Shop I needed that I'm gonna pop some I'm tags also... Only got an epic coupon in my pocket <laughs> I've also been playing a new-ish video game. Doesn't Actually, matter. for the life of me, I don't know when it released. Next segment. What? I <laughs> okay, want to what? talk about Uncharted Lost Legacy. Okay. They made an Uncharted game that's playable. Yeah, it's good. By making it shorter and just kind of focusing on, like, the basics of Uncharted. There's no point in time where you play as child Chloe in this game, so already it is better than Uncharted 3 and 4. True. Like I, four is fine. Yeah, I like four, four is a yeah. It's okay. I don't think I had as much fun with it as I did with two. Uh, three is outright bad. It's a terrible game. Oh yeah. Um, actually, I I would say four is probably the best one of the main series. Uh, having gone back to play two and went like, oh no. Yeah. Uh, well, so again, I don't doubt that too is a yeah. horribly part of me not wanting to go back and play that is finding out how bad it has aged. Yeah. Uh, but I really like Lost Legacy a whole lot. Uh, 
I don't know how optimized that game is to run on the PlayStation 5 specifically because I kept having a lot of really weird issues with it. Uh, at the start of the game, a lot of, like, characters' fingers and, like, boxes and stuff in the environment would, like, glitch out and stretch really long and thin for, like, a second or two. Very cool. And this, yeah, this kept happening during the uh, the opening mission where you're in, like, you're running across rooftops and yeah. stuff and it's it's raining it's out a lot. India? Is yeah, it? it's, in, it's in India, I think. Uh, but... After that, I, I kind of stopped having graphical issues specifically. Uh, I had a recurring issue, though, where sometimes the load screen would just hang at 98%, and I'd have to restart the game and try to load it again. And so I wonder if it's something about the way that it's trying to pull data off of the SSD that is different from the way it would pull data off of the hard drive of the PlayStation 4. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, probably. Uh, but like the rest of the bugs that I ran into are the typical kind of like uncharted jank that for whatever reason I have the mysterious ability to invoke constantly. Uh, oh, there is real g- quick quick uh, aside by the way I just thought of this um have you noticed like booting the PS5 from rest mode that it's actually it takes longer than from a cold boot? Kind of seems that way, yeah. Yeah. Well because when I had my PS5 completely turned off, I just turn it on with the controller and then turn my TV on. And by the time the TV's like turned on, the like who's using this controller prompt is there. Um, and it seemed like it yeah. took longer when I had it in rest mode, which actually was an accident because I didn't put it in rest mode on purpose. Um, I just wondered if you had also noticed that. It kind of feels that way, but I think I would need to actually sit down and time it out between yeah. the two of them. I mean, it's still pretty quick either way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like if, if you're talking about specifically you turn it on and it's just a black screen for a bit before it actually like loads up any of the imagery of the PlayStation 5. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Right. Yeah, well, that's right what I'm saying, because I did the same thing where I like turned it on with the controller, turned the TV on, and it seemed yeah. like the TV was on for a while before it actually started yeah yeah but anyway yeah lots like this uh it's a lot of fun it's pretty short i beat it in a couple of sittings i briefly popped into the multiplayer which that I, I guess it makes sense but i wasn't quite expecting it it ends up killing the lost legacy application and then opening the uncharted 4 app yeah uh to get yeah, into it... the multiplayer side of that game because it is just the uncharted 4 multiplayer yep uh played around to that and i i still think it's funny how so shooting in uncharted feels fucking terrible like the oh, best yeah. parts of uncharted are when you're just navigating the environment and kind of just drinking in the presentation of it all there's a lot of like really incredible graphical work done in this game just in terms of like constructing these monumental statues of like Ganesh and Shiva and like going into these tombs and stuff that are just beautiful and ornate incredibly detailed I can't imagine how much time these artists had to put into designing these how many pipes fell out of the ceiling onto their head as they were pouring over the vast and grand details of these tombs that's right for a game that released at $30 oh yeah this is a budget title it looks fucking incredible yeah, um, th- this um, Lost Legacy was the first one where I was finally like, I'm just going to 
like turn auto aim on. I don't care. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And it made it way more fun. <laughs> like I yeah. was actually and thinking recently about playing uh replaying Uncharted Four and I was gonna do the same thing there. Yeah. I should have done that. Uh because I wanted to initially go for all the trophies in it. I had mentioned to you the one that sold me off of doing that was uh ten up, ten down, which is getting ten consecutive headshots. And just the controls of aiming in that game, like manual aiming, is so slippery and just completely imprecise, and the jump on the guns is ridiculous, that doing that, I was just like, fuck this, I'm not getting all the trophies. I don't want to have to deal with even just this one. Uh, and then, ironically, I got it without even trying. Yeah, I was going to say, I that does not sound that difficult to me. I... The shooting in a charge just feels so bad to me that it, looking at it and remembering how it controls, I was like, I'm not going to try to go for this. Yeah, but ten um, headshots is just like you know, guys are in cover and they pop out in the same place. Just well, keep by that point there. too, though. By that point too, though, you start getting a lot of well, at least where I got it, you start getting a lot of guys who have helmets on, we'll and so the you then off. have to pop them multiple times. Well, you get the heavy guys and you have to like dump into the helmets uh, to knock them off. Yeah, those guys. Suck. Um, yeah but uh the uncharted 4 multiplayer experience understands how bad the shooting feels in regular uncharted because it feels completely different in multiplayer the guns do not jump as much it is a whole lot easier to just manually aim the sights and to hit what you are pointing at Uh, the climbing is a lot faster obviously because you may need to get away from a dangerous situation so it's present but you're not kind of finagling around with it very slowly and leaving yourself wide open. Uh, you can do different sort of like, um, as you're earning money in the levels, you get different kind of like summons and stuff like that. Like I can drop in a heavy gunner to shoot the enemy team, or I can give myself a rocket launcher. Uh, mm -hmm. I had a decent time with like the one match that I played of that game. The problem i had with it was my team was fucking terrible so we got completely stomped and i ended up ranking the highest on my team even though i was level one and it was my very first match cool uh yeah very cool um for the record i i played the multiplayer in uncharted 3 i did not in uncharted 4 when i first played that game Same. and it's been so long i could not tell you the difference between the two of them but i i want to say they've definitely tweaked the multiplayer in Uncharted 4. Um, but yeah, I surprisingly got into a match, like, very quickly. Like, immediately got into a Team Deathmatch uh, game. Well, I mean, 4 so I don't is know. part of that PS Plus collection thing, so... Yeah, I was going to say, I, I think that might have something to do with it, but I was still surprised that, like, the multiplayer is active enough that I wasn't sitting there waiting forever, because I was thinking I would just pop into it, and it, it would take me, like, 10 minutes to get into a match, and I would play one, and then I would quit. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I know, Lost Legacy is neat. Yeah, it 10 is. Ten bucks, routinely. You should buy it if you have not played it before. Yeah, I like the dynamic between uh, Chloe and Nadine, and then uh, yeah. Samuel Drake shows up. It's always uh, The nice. main villain in this game is actually may maybe the most compelling villain in an Uncharted game. I think not so. that that's a high bar. I like his look. But... He's got those glasses and the beard and whatnot. Yeah, well, I like, too, that they mentioned that the glasses are an affectation. Yeah. He just wears them to look smart, uh -huh. uh, which is something that my dad does. <laughs> so I am familiar with that exact <laughs> level of pathetic. Yeah, right. no, my I had talked to my mom about that because I was like, 
well, you know, you wear glasses, dad wears glasses. I imagine my eyesight's going to go bad at some point. My mom's like, your dad doesn't wear glasses. He just thinks that they make him look smart. Those are not actually prescription lenses. Very cool. Uh, yeah. You know, my dad constantly telling me to get into penny stocks. Can't believe he would wear glasses as an affectation. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, Sam Drake shows up in this game, too, and uh, a little weird. I was actually not expecting that. I knew that they would yeah. probably bring up the Drake brothers at some point, but I, I was not anticipating Sam actually being a somewhat major character for, like, the last two chapters of the game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Trey Baker, is a, he's end. good enough. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was really good in Uncharted 4. Uh, Sam yeah. Drake was, like, a highlight of that game. Yeah, I really like uh, Chloe just throwing out the line of like, yeah, I guess suddenly there's two Drakes. I I don't know when that happened, but yeah, never mentioned his brother before. that was never mentioned before. Yeah, uh, it's like a sitcom, anyway. you know. They add another brother, sure, and they just expect yeah. everybody to go with it. <laughs> I like too that you know, typical of an Uncharted game. When you beat the game, you can purchase different skins for the characters if you want to go back and play the game again, and like, you know. The two main characters have like five skins each between them, and then Sam has like twenty of them because they're just pulling <laughs> just, all yeah. the models of Sam in Uncharted Four and throwing them into the game. Sure, why not? So, yeah. Oh. Is Donut Chloe now, an option? I forget. No, unfortunately, because remember that there was like a controversy about that. About Donut. How people Drake? were like, "Oh, it's fat shaming." Yeah. Come on. It's fat shaming to have a fat version of Drake. That's funny. It it is funny because he's like he's climbing around and everything, and just oh, it's it's a good time. Here's actually uh, Lost Legacy might be the best argument for never going back and replaying two. Also, because the whole final segment of this game is a giant shootout and chase on top of a train. Yep, and that was like the best part of two. Yep. <laughs> and there's no way that this doesn't do that better. I don't know. I, I like the whole uh, the part in the Himalayas and two uh, where like swinging yeah. around and. The Yeti. It's a Yeti. Yeah. Rape ape. Um Larry, before we go to the Gabagool zone, I think we do have to talk about Cyberpunk. Okay, fine. I have to end this lost legacy segment because we need to keep moving. Uh we were talking about refunds and everything for Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven on the last podcast, and then uh, literally as soon as we wrapped up that podcast. Yeah. You hit you hit done on it. And then I went I got myself a drink, a sandwich, I sat back down at my computer and shit blew up. Yep. The CDPR <laughs> put out another yellow image, which is always a good sign. <laughs> sure. By the way, I love how reading their press releases hurts my eyes. I think that's very appropriate. It doesn't bother me. I don't know oh. what's wrong with your eyes. Or what's Me wrong either. with mine? Yeah. Cyberpunk 2077, uh, as we had mentioned, what's they that? were offering... It's a video game by CD Projekt Red. Uh, oh, they okay. made The Witcher 2. Maybe you're familiar with it. Uh, they did Gwent. Mm, the Witch... No, there was a Witcher 3. I don't think there was a Witcher 2. It's like how they never made oh, right. Personas went... before 3. Yeah, it went 1 and then 3, and they skipped over 2. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's because they wanted, because Witcher 3 released on the PlayStation 3, and so they wanted that kind of like parody with the console. So it's kind of a vanity thing. It didn't. It was only on PS4. 
I know I'm making a whatever. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) thank you. They no, it was terrible. They (laughs) were offering refunds, and as you had mentioned, uh, Sony doesn't do refunds. Yeah. So big question about how people are even supposed to get their copy of Cyberpunk 2077 refunded through PSN. The answer is removing it from PSN entirely. (laughs) Uh, Sony has acquiesced. They are offering refunds within a limited period of time for digital copies of Cyberpunk. And to really make sure that the situation is remedied, they have completely delisted the game from their digital platform. Uh, People have been bringing up that this is unprecedented. To a degree, yes. To a degree, no. Uh, we had mentioned as well that this is all very similar to Arkham Knight. The only real difference there is that Arkham Knight, the publisher, opted to delist, whereas this time the platform is delisting them. And that's right. still pretty significant because it's Sony and they have a ridiculous market share. And this has also happened before, but it was always with minor stuff like Afro Samurai yeah. 2 and that Ashes Cricket game and whatever that would get nuked off the platform. Yeah. Um, but I think actually I, even I, in those cases it was actually the publisher doing it. It may be, but, but still this is, people are saying this has absolutely never happened before and I think that that is maybe over-exaggerated. Stuff like this has happened, maybe not 1-1, but it's still yeah. not... This is not the first time a, for that matter, fairly big game has had to get delisted due to having some serious problems with it. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, again, PSN, that is a huge market share, so it's not insignificant to delist it from that platform. Uh, And then uh, on top of that, Best Buy is the first a big box retailer saying like, hey, if you have physical editions of this game, you have opened them up, you have played them. If you come into the store and want to return it, we will let you do that. Uh, I believe their deadline they gave was the 21st. Yeah, which was also so CDPR's that's already, deadline. Yeah, so that's already passed. And that's another side of this too, is that the deadline that they have given for uh, some sort of reconciliation here is very short because of course they still want to maintain sales numbers yeah and like what if Uh, somebody gets it for christmas (laughs) (laughs) what if they do larry davis yeah suck it grandma bought you cyberpunk now you're screwed Uh Um, which maybe because actually i think this whole thing has made me more inclined to buy it because i want to have like the original day one this is the fucked up version of cyberpunk like on a disc it, so it, I could just disconnect it from the internet. It is um, well, I'm just keeping it with the day one patch. I yeah. I have it on my way or on its way from GameFly. Um, so I will have it on Xbox soon. Uh, once I found out that it actually runs pretty well on next gen or current gen consoles, um, it's yeah. just still super buggy. And I was like, okay, I'll check this out because I can tolerate like stupid bugs, breaking things. Yeah. Could not tolerate 15 frames per second. So here's. The thing with that, though, is I don't know how much of that game is actually on the disc. It doesn't matter, right? because Xbox has the pre-downloading thing. Well, I mean, for me, I'm doing... Yeah, yeah. If I did it, I would do PlayStation, so I don't know oh, yeah. like if there's really value in still getting that disc, because a portion of it may still need to be downloaded off the internet. Right. And if you do that, then you're not getting the day one fucked up version of the well, game. Well, 
so they said the day one patch is something like 55 gigabytes right something like that i think it's mostly yeah, just re-downloading lines, yeah. the entire game it very it very well may be because but, I, but still like i yeah i don't know vanilla if you just put the disc in disconnected like how much is actually there i have no idea yeah i'm i'm not sure because I know it's a fairly big game. I don't know if they managed to fit all of it onto a Blu-ray. But, I say that because I did um, the pre-download thing um, that you can do on Xbox. You have to do it through the app, which is weird, but whatever. Yeah. Um, and I think the total size is around 60. And so, I, like I said, mm. I think it's pretty much just re-downloading the whole game. And then... Yeah, some. probably. Might as well just put a code in the box at that point. But, yeah, so... Yeah. Yeah, just amazing because this is also happening right before Christmas too. So if somebody they were planning on getting like a gift card for PSN, and they're like, "Cyberpunk is the game that I want," you can't get Cyberpunk on PSN anymore. So find something else to spend that on. Like taking it off PSN around the holidays is actually going to significantly impact sales because you're also going to have people who you know they get money for Christmas and they yeah. probably wanted Cyberpunk. And they can't get it on PSN now. And with all the negative news surrounding it, like, are those same people inclined to even bother in the first place? So I and then another part of this story too is, of course, CD Projekt Red's stock value has dropped significantly. Yeah. Uh, and then I think the founders have lost quite a bit of money on their net worth as a result One of this billion. too. Uh, a whole billion dollars mm-hmm. uh, And then there was a, There was a call like, with um, the developers Talking mm-hmm. to them Did you read any of that? I did And so here's the fun part too Is I don't know exactly how much we covered of this Because the news has been moving so fast It is suffocating I believe that, that like, whole thing was right Again right after we ended it, recording it Like it was like later that been, day Yeah but yeah, they they had um, they have been doing a few meetings with management, and then one of them was that people who actually sat down and worked on the code for the game was in on a meeting, and uh, they're not they're mad. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I wonder why, why. why did you tell people the game was done? Also, uh, what about us making a game about like corporate corruption and everything, and then you forcing these working conditions and also releasing broken stuff? And they're like, well, I don't know. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so some of this was that uh, when they did this last delay and they were talking about like, oh, the game will be ready when it's ready. We won't put out like a half-assed game. Uh, but then investors were pressuring them and saying like, no, you need to put out a video game though. It's been like eight years. Yeah. Uh, and so here's kind of the fucked up way that this whole problem is structured. And I want to be very clear. I do not blame any of the people who sat down and actually put in the time and the hours and the sweat and actually did all the coding for this game. The people who are part of the development staff are not at fault here. They did their job and it sounded like they kept raising the alarm about things that needed more work and more polish. It's upper management. I don't even necessarily think that all of the fault is with the investors. The investors rightfully are saying, we are putting money into this product. You guys are taking forever. We need to see a return on that investment. You need to put a game out. It's upper management lying to the investors saying, yes, the game is done. It's good. You can release it when it's not. Also, I'm going to say 
a lot of this could have been avoided if they did not announce the game eight years ago before they actually had anything done. Hell yeah! <laughs> because they, they could actually got development time. Though. Yeah, they couldn't have been working on it until they had finished Witcher Three, oh. right? And that was like 2015. So I would have to think. Yeah. But yeah, it's entirely the fault of upper management. Like, you know, to a degree, you do have investors putting on pressure, but I don't think that the investors are necessarily that much at fault. They're still doing what you would expect them to do. Um, and God, that's a weird fucking day when I'm sitting here and I'm defending investors. Yeah, I mean, I can't really get behind that, but I also, I, I understand what you're saying. Which is that yeah. if they're getting out here and saying like it's gonna be out in February or whatever the original date was, and then delaying it and then saying like, well, it's done. We're just working on polish to make sure the old ones run. Then of course they're going to be like, well, you need to get out before Christmas. Like, yeah, do something. I I would find them more at fault if they are being told the truth and the investors are still saying we don't care. Put the game out. Sure, But that doesn't sound like that is what the conversation was Even though I think that if that is the way the conversation Like if they were open and honest about it I think it would still play out that the investors would have just demanded that they put the game out Probably. So I don't want to seem like I'm completely defensive of them Just that that is not what the conversation was So the investors were still misled about the game I mean, if just CDPR... as. If if they had been uh -huh. honest about it and were like, hey, this game is a mess. If we put out like this, our stock's going to tank and everybody's going to hate it, then it is possible yeah. they would be like, okay, we'll put it out first quarter yeah. next year or something. Sure. Um, but who knows? Because that's not what happened. Yeah. So here's my question to you. Do you think that Cyberpunk ever goes back up on PSN yes. for the PlayStation 4? Uh, oh. Yes. See, I don't think it will. I, I think at this point, it is maybe in their interest to just focus on polishing this thing up for current-gen consoles. But that point, The amount of money that they're losing? Okay, what if they put it up, but you can only buy it if you have a PlayStation 5 to actually run it well? <laughs> well, that's what I mean. Like, I imagine that it will probably go back up on PSN, but it will be listed as a PlayStation 5 exclusive title digitally. Okay, well, I mean, but it is a PS4 a game, though, is the thing, because there isn't a current-gen version. Yeah, but I'm yeah. saying that they could still list it as this will only run on the PlayStation 5. Um, sure, it'd be or like they just those, don't uh... even bother to put it back up on PSN until they have that PlayStation 5 version out, which is what I think is probably more likely. Could be. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, I was saying it could be like those uh, 3DS games that would only work on the new 3DS, something like that. Yeah. Well, the other part of this, too, is wondering how much effort they're going to even put into working on the last-gen versions of the game. If it's going to be like an Arkham Knight thing where they eventually hit a point where they're like, eh, good enough, and then they back off on it. But it still does not run the way that it was marketed as running. It still does not run great. It's just, you know, not as busted as it was. Yeah. I'm not Which I think sure. is likely. I, I think at some point they'll pull back and just focus on current-gen versions of the game. Yeah, the issue with the PS4 stuff and Xbox, they never pulled it from Xbox, did they? No. Okay, that's weird. Um, as far as I'm aware, it's still available on Xbox. But um, the issue with that is that there isn't, as far as I can tell, much they can actually do with it because it's so CPU-limited. 
because even yeah. like the PS4, the base PS4 compared to PS4 Pro, there's very little improvement in frame rate. Like mm. it's like three frames per second more or so, yeah. uh, which is real bad. Yeah, I mean that's been my understanding of it too. Is that while the GPU is definitely not where it should be on those base models, it's specifically the CPU where the game is getting the most bottlenecked. Yeah, and that was the case for a lot of stuff, really. Last yeah. generation, yeah. but it's not an unreasonable conclusion that the CPU is the problem. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, man, there's their sales are going to take such a hit in the nose from it getting delisted specifically at this point in time on that big of a like. Holy fuck! Wow. CDPR wins again. Yeah, so look forward to our Golden Grimmies podcast where <laughs> I just repeat all of this, but I also try to give as comprehensive a view. I've been compiling a timeline of all of this, and it has been no small undertaking, I will tell you. There's you've a been lot. Com- you've been compiling a timeline, and yet you couldn't remember when anything happened when we were just no, talking it's about more, it. No, it's more that the news just keeps coming so fast. I'm not, like, actually well, assigning dates. Well, the news just keeps coming and it won't stop order. coming. Yeah, what? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, I'm just putting it in like bullet points, the events that have happened in order. I'm not putting like actual dates on there. Okay. When I say timeline, I'm being too generous. But yeah, like I can't remember exactly what we talked about on that podcast because as soon as we were done, like a bunch of new stuff came out and I could not remember, okay, what did we actually manage to talk about that broke early enough in the morning versus what came later on in that day? Yeah, I just like um, imagining you with a Pepe Sylvia board, uh, like at all the. <laughs> Way everything relates to each other This WordPad document's a mess Larry Yeah yeah. yeah. So yeah reminder next week I'm also tracking Nintendo on this thing too Oh boy Yeah. There's not much to track there honestly Um, Uh sure So uh reminder next week Will be our golden gizmos And golden grimmies uh, Which are the best and worst of 2020 So look forward to that Oh, I will say before we wrap this up here, uh, Xbox did broaden their return policy in lieu of Cyberpunk. Um, I don't know precisely what that means because I'm not familiar with what their return policy was. I just remember seeing a tweet saying that Xbox was basically, if you have this digitally, they will just accept a refund. Yeah. So they have like I, I guess they're not going to base it on anything in particular. Like you know, Steam has their criteria and stuff like that. I yeah, think it's yeah. just if you have the game and you're doing it by this date, we'll just give you the money. Yeah. So Xbox had returns, but it wasn't like a hard policy like Steam is or something. I I think it was basically the same thing, but you had to contact support and everything. It wasn't like select from the drop down menu why you want a refund that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, On the drop-down list of refund reasons, it just says cyberpunk. That's all you need to know. It just says, a guy walks sideways out of his car and says, hola, at me, and I did not like it. <laughs> and the car blew up. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing? No the video of the guy just, like, crashing and flying off his bike onto the pavement, and then this aggroing somebody who just pulls out, like, an Uzi... And starts dumping at him while screaming I have a family <laughs> See that's the kind of stuff I like is... Yes They should not fix any of that stuff <laughs> Leaving that in the game 
fix the frame rate and fix like the seizure lights like that's the main things i want them to address everything else just they leave did, it to, leave they all did the, fix the seizure lights. do not mess with the vision of the game they, they did, did fix the oh, seizure good. lights yeah finally uh, uh I think also do not quick. remove any of the uh emails and and other logs that you can find that are very clearly developers airing their <laughs> grievances at management leave that stuff into spaghetti code I like the one that is just like placeholder text. Have you seen that? Uh, no. I have seen a bug that okay. makes no text appear in the game, though. Oh, that's good too. Uh, there's one of the logs is unfinished. It has like an opening sentence, and then the rest of it is in brackets, and it's just like this log will explain why Johnny Silverhand has this relationship with this other character <laughs> and what this corporation's deal is. Close bracket. Penguin Yay 1. That just got left in the game. Yeah. Penguin Yay 2. <laughs> Larry, it's that time of the podcast where we jack into the Gobgool Zone. That's what you call it? Yes. Okay. Sure. Jack in to the Gabagool Zone. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. put the i put the cable i put the spaghetti into the port in the back of my head and then it takes me to the gavin cole zone uh we're talking about casino this week yes casino yeah um the (laughs) possibly the least culturally offensive entry into the gavin zone casino starring robert de niro and joe pesci look uh, there's maybe some jewish slurs in here a few of which (laughs) i've never even heard before uh well there's also some for arab people um uh, yeah 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 well joe pesci is screaming through 98 percent of this movie <laughs> that's right and the only time so he's not yeah the only time he's not is when he's getting his lungs beaten in with a baseball bat <laughs> also frankie avalon is in it as himself yeah sure uh, why not this is maybe my favorite mafia movie actually I like it's, it a whole it's lot. It's so much fun. Yeah. Uh like, there is So so we should mention, like, directed by Martin Scorsese, this was after Goodfellas, yeah. uh, and it shares yes. a lot of DNA with that. But actually I think the greatest parallel to it is actually Wolf of Wall Street. Because a lot of yeah. this movie has no real plot. It's kind of just doing things in Vegas. And it seems like that's sort of the closest relative to this movie. And and that's the stuff I like the most is I just like, you know, when uh, Ace is watching the pits and everything and they see a guy cheating. And so they pull him out and cattle prod the other guy and smash his fingers. That's what I like. Yeah. Well, so 
part of part of that like sort of not having a very well-defined plot uh similar to wolf of wall street is also because it is based on a work of non-fiction right uh well, in this case too. it is yeah um i guess yeah goodfellas is kind of the same way but there's definitely more of a trajectory there uh, sure well yeah goodfellas actually does kind of have more of a plot but again that's kind of yeah. because the actual henry hill also had the same plot to his life i guess you could say <laughs> sure well i mean so much of that focuses on that heist specifically because it was yeah. a very big very noteworthy yeah. heist in american history in also, general i didn't really uh, think that, about yeah. it but we should have done goodfellas first because uh this podcast yeah. will be coming out on the 24th and that has a part at christmas but that's yeah, true whatever really i got the biggest that, but... tree they had karen <laughs> Anyway, uh, this movie focuses on the life of Frank Lefty Rosenthal. Yeah. Uh, well, which it changed in this movie to uh, yes. Ace Rothstein. And yeah, that, that's yeah. What, I couldn't remember what the real guy's name was. I actually couldn't remember what De Niro's name was in this because I don't remember character Sam. names in movies. <laughs> me, me either, to be fair. But I've seen Casino enough yeah. that I remember Sam and Ginger and Nikki. Right, uh, Nikki Santoro, Joe Pesci himself, also uh, James Woods as Lester Diamond, <laughs> yes. and man, James playing Wood, Wood. the most James Woods character you've ever fucking seen him play. Uh, yeah, he does a lot of coke. Uh, the bits with him <laughs> and uh, Ginger's kid are so funny, though. Like where he's just like, "I'm gonna send that kid to Bolivia in a box or whatever." <laughs> yes. And um, just the whole bit where she's on the phone and like he's just in the background arguing with the kid really angrily. Yeah. Yeah, just pointing at her and yelling. Yeah. Um Yeah, no, I uh, so that's something that kind of stands out to me in this movie is that like Ginger is actually just the fucking worst. Oh yeah. Like one of the absolute all time worst human beings in a movie. And I kinda wonder how much of this is to do with frank rosenthal kind of trying to always paint himself in the most positive light as never having done anything wrong as kind of just running afoul of some really bad luck and really bad people and himself being a saint and uh, this great person when he probably wasn't yeah. but well, then this I, I movie don't... kind of basing everything on this nonfiction book is maybe just taking some of that personification of him and pulling it into the picture yeah, that, that's what I was going to say is I don't know if he had any involvement with the book. I believe the book was the same author that uh, wrote the book that Goodfellas was based on. Yeah, um, maybe. And so I, I don't think that Rosenthal actually had anything to do with it. But I mean, Rosenthal himself, because he also did like the late night talk show thing when the Gaming Commission oh, revoked yeah. his his ability to run the casino. And uh, was very much TV like anyhow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they he very much wanted to have control over his image and the way that everyone perceived him. Yeah. And I think that that is kind of what I'm getting at is is how much of even the book is just based on him trying to uh, maybe muscle his way into the process or I'm not really sure. I've not read the book. I don't know. But considering who Rosenthal was as a person, the fact that Sam is portrayed mostly in a positive light in the movie is maybe not necessarily an accurate representation of the real life figure that the character is based on. Maybe. On the other hand, he was just like a bookie, basically. Like he yeah. he wasn't like a hitman like Nikki and everything. Sure, so. I guess. But it's to me like the the remarkable thing about the movie is 
Sam's character does very little to sink that ship other than stepping in it that one time by saying like, yeah, I run the casino, which yeah. he shouldn't have said. Right. A lot of it is Nikki and his violent streak drawing attention to the bookie operation. And then also Ginger being a fabulous cokehead and running around and screaming at everybody and running shit over with her car. I really love that bit where she goes to the house and it's just like Sam and the cop just chatting and the cop's just like, yeah, you know, I'm a wife just had a kid. He's like, hey, great, yeah. congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. But like, uh, th that's a big part of this too, is that uh, Nikki and Ginger end up getting involved with one another and the mafia does not want to have that happen. They don't want a woman coming in between two of their people because they know that that's going to cause problems and draw more attention to their operation. Yeah. And so Nikki's, uh, I can't remember what his exact relation to him is. It, basically, his right-hand man has to lie to the mob and say, like, no, nothing is going on there while they try to deal with it internally. Right. Frank Vincent, and, who is just playing a character named Frankie. Uh. Yes. Although it, um, it is funny that he's his right-hand man in this one, whereas in Goodfellas, he was Billy Bats, who was the one that said, uh, go get your fucking shine box, and got him <laughs> mad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, it's a lot of it is just Nikki and Jinder that are sinking the whole thing, because even if, like, them getting together causes that problem too, it's not necessarily Sam. Yeah. Uh, maybe Sam's greatest fault with Ginger is the fact that he thinks he can make her love him and kind of puts her into this relationship that she doesn't want to be a part of. Uh, but still, holy Christ, Ginger, Jesus. Well, if anything, really, the issue is that he was far too trusting of her to begin with. Yeah. Um, the, the whole thing with the lockbox at the start of the yeah. movie. Of course, putting even, the money in there. Even the bank guy oh. being like, uh, I don't know about yeah. this. Well, it's great, too, because towards the end when she's taking the money out of the lockbox and, and Sam's calling up and yelling at the manager not to let her go with the money, he's just like, look, I told you that <laughs> yeah. this was a bad idea. Yeah, nothing we could do about it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a really good movie. Just, like, again, not, not a very clear, like, easily, like, cut plot, but, like, just yeah. a lot of different things happening with these characters. But, like, all the characters are completely fascinating. They're all played by amazing actors, uh, Sharon Stone as Ginger, and then, of course, you got De Niro and Pesci and Woods. You got fucking Don Rickles is in the movie. <laughs> That's right. I uh, I always feel yeah. so bad when the guy knocks him down, like when he gets hit with the phone. Uh, yeah. yeah, I guess it's Pesci yeah. that does it. Um, also, I really love that uh, the hillbilly that gets put in charge of slots <laughs> is like the son yeah. of the congressman or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I would say... Also, to draw parallels to another director, I would say, I talk about this movie a lot, but this is basically the Jackie Brown to the, like, because, like, Goodfellas is basically the Pulp Fiction to this movie's Jackie Brown, where it's not yeah. as big of a hit, but it's a much more well-made movie, I would say. Yeah. Um. And, uh. I yeah. would still say Jackie Brown is probably my favorite Tarantino movie. Oh, yeah. For sure, me too. Yeah. Um, I'm just a big Pam Greer fan. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm just a big Robert Forster fan. Well, also, look, Jackie Brown also has that really good bit of Robert De Niro. Speaking of just shooting <laughs> yes. that lady dead because she was annoying him in the parking lot. Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, he warned her. He said, "Like, don't say uh -huh. another word." 
so you know look he got some really good shots of robert de niro massaging her feet <laughs> i wonder why those would be in the movie i just i can't put my finger on it the one thing that always sticks out to me in that movie is uh robert de niro like he, he's really funny as like a total loser who's just like embroiled yeah. in all of this but that bit where he's on the phone and he goes to hang it up and he just like can't figure out how to hang up a phone and he just like twirls <laughs> it around it's <laughs> it's very chevy chase like in a way um oh god but yeah anyway welcome to the Goblin ghoul zone where we talk about the pam greer robert forrester classic jackie brown well so um, but i was going to say that the thing about casino is that also has a lot of really funny scenes um specifically yeah. the blueberry muffin part is one that always stuck out to me yeah it's, it, there's no actual reason for it to be in there except you know to how show... much time it would take me to put an equal amount of blueberries in the muffins doesn't matter equal amount each muffin <laughs> I, I guess the point is just that ace is that controlling of every aspect of the casino but yeah yeah i also I... like him getting up from the desk and having no pants on is just yes. a very good yeah uh, exactly yeah. Um, but yes, I, yeah, very I funny really movie. like this movie. Yeah, very funny, especially uh, <laughs> the bizarre animatronic at the end uh, of the guy in the grave or whatever. Yeah, which actually I mean, like uh, ends up looking way creepier than if it had been a real person. Yeah, I mean that's a very iconic scene from this movie. Like the the two, three actually scenes that I think of when I think of Casino is. Uh, Nikki getting the life beat out of him in the cornfield. Yeah. Uh, the car at the beginning blowing up when yep. Sam sits in it, and then the eyeball popping out of the guy while his head is in the press. Yeah. And, and by the and, way, Sam and turning Nikki into a screaming. Dummy. <laughs> yes, that too. Uh, but Nikki screaming at him like, "All that for a fucking eyeball!" Like, <laughs> yeah. Or no, no, it was like he got the name, but the name of the guy that he was trying to get. Is just some like yeah. He, he says like I popped your eyeball like, out of your head to, and it was just for that guy. That's who you were trying yeah. to protect. Yeah, yeah. And then they kill him. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I believe that um, was a real thing that happened too. I think he actually did like put a oh, guy's probably. head in a vice and his throat. Yeah. Um. That's after like two days of torturing him too. Yeah. 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 Um, there, there are some very bloody parts of this movie that otherwise is a madcap comedy classic. <laughs> <laughs> i know like one of the other bits that actually happened was uh the fbi you know keeping watch over nikki and then like something was wrong with their plane so yes. they had to land on the golf course that nikki and sam were at and then just kind of like ran out with their big fbi walkie-talkie i was just about to mention that the 100 bucks to whoever can hit the plane <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's actually so talk about more very iconic scenes that one but also the one where they drive out into the desert to meet because there is um as i said the fbi starts focusing on nikki so nikki and sam have to start to obfuscate their communications one of the ways that they do this is they have their wives talk for a set amount of time because they can't run a tap on the phone line yeah past a certain number of minutes and then they hop on and they quickly hash out where they're going to meet and then Nikki has to change cars like five times and they have to go meet out in the desert. <laughs> yeah. And um, has to use underground parking garages because they have planes. Yeah. Uh, but then that whole scene of just Joe Pesci going off yeah. in the desert is so good. Like that and the bit where he has like the uh like the banking manager 
Yes. And he's explaining, like, here's what it is that I do. You're <laughs> yeah. going to go get my fucking money. I, I will put you in a coma. Yeah. Like, God, there, there are just so many good bits in this. Of By Joe the time Pesci I'm just... getting out of jail, you'll be coming out of your coma. Yeah. <laughs> God, if you're looking for a movie that is just Joe Pesci getting really mad at literally every character that he encounters, Casino. Ah. <sighs> I like this movie a whole lot. Me too. Uh, I just watched it. I just talked about it. I want to watch it again. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know what my top three Scorsese's would be. For me, it's uh, Taxi Driver, Goodfellas Casino. Uh, I think that might be mine too. Um, Why am I blanking on the name of it? The one with Jack Nicholson and Leonardo DiCaprio. The Departed. You know what I'm talking about. I like Departed. I like The Departed, but there was always something about that movie that was just like, this is not on the same level as a casino or, or a Goodfellas. Mark Wahlberg. Oh, never mind. I take it back. Marky Marky self. He no, wasn't I'm, in Goodfellas, so it's I'm, an inferior movie. I'm saying I'm saying that's why it's inferior. It's because Marky Mark's in it. <laughs> what? Yeah. But he wears his little booties at the end to murder Matt Damon. Well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's a review I think of that's Casino. it for the yeah. That's it for the Gobgul Zone this week. Uh we won't be doing it next week because we got uh the Grimmies and, and the Gizmos. Uh, uh but next year we'll come back for Goodfellas. Uh okay. and I don't know, do we put my cousin Vinny into the Gobblegool Zone? <laughs> I don't it's know. It's another Joe Pesci classic. I uh, yeah. I would think there are I others. want an excuse to just I, I want an excuse to just buckle and buy my cousin Vinny already. I still do not have it. Man, it's weird I'll, at this point that I don't have it. I'll consider it. Uh, I feel like okay. there are other mob movies that would go before My Cousin Vinny, which is not actually a mob movie. I, I suppose it falls under the purview of the Gabagool Zone, but not really the spirit of it. Sure. I feel that Joe Pesci is just such a strong force for the Gobbagool that if he is in the in a movie, then it is automatically in the Gobbagool Zone. Home All Alone, right. Gobbagool Zone. <laughs> Gone Fishing, Gobbagool Zone. <laughs> yeah. Look, we should have watched Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. <laughs> okay. But we didn't. <laughs> um, yeah, like, what other... So I think, like, if we really did this the ideal way, but I do not have the time to invest in this right now, and also I got Pat Labore I want to watch if I start a series, mm. but, like, doing one for The Sopranos. Yeah, uh, yes, I was going to mention the the whole thing about uh, having wiretap and only being able to listen a certain, like, for certain yeah. intervals, that's a big part of The Sopranos. They yeah. mention that and show it happening a lot. I will watch The Sopranos eventually. There's just a lot of other movies and TV shows that I have on the back burner that I really ought to get to first before I put more stuff on there. Yeah. You'll really re- like it, I, though. I probably will, but, like, look, Pat Labor is, like, a 50-episode series, and then there's, like, three OVAs and several movies. I have a lot of Pat Labor I need to watch. True. Yeah. Just be like me and buy things and don't watch them. I already do that, though, is the thing. <laughs> okay. It's just that I'm I placing uh, my uh, priority on Sopranos and you're placing it on a Pat Labor. Well, you also should be placing it on Pat Labor. But well, you still got to finish Deep Space Nine so we could do a whole thing on Deep Space Nine as well. That's right. So, I just watched the one with the, uh, yeah. the, the genetically engineered people that came back. Yeah. 
but yeah, like I, I don't blame you for also backburnering, like having a backlog of of movies and shows because I'm absolutely the same. I bought that Solid Metal Nightmares thing, and I've still not gotten past A Snake of June, mm. and there's like four movies beyond that. So like I've got a lot of stuff that I really need to sit down and watch. Uh, but instead, you know, I watched Into the Spider Verse, a movie I've already seen. Well, that's fine. Yeah. Like I, was, I needed something that was on while I can move around and, and clean things, and I can't really watch a movie with subtitles and do that. So that was my. I mean, sense. I, I but, watch Jackie Brown like twice a year. Same with Fargo. It's just something I put yeah. on, and I can have a good time. Yeah. Well, speaking of having good times, we should probably talk about uh, my retro game, and then wrap retro things corner. up. Yeah. Uh, I wanted a nice big game to end the year on. Uh, I will. Much like last year, I'll have a best retro game of the last year that I've played. Um, but it is not going to be Secret of Mana, a game I was hoping to have liked a whole lot more than I actually do, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, my familiarity with Secret of Mana has always been that painting of the mana tree, and the main character is kind of looking up at it. Yeah, and I think art. that is a... It's the box art, but it's also like a whole big, gigantic painting. That had, it, a lot of it is cropped off from the box. Uh, you can buy prints of that painting. I still really, really want to. I think it is a gorgeous painting. Uh, that is like the exact level of like fantasy that I like, where it's just this really beautiful but still bizarre uh, vista. Or I, I don't know the right word for it. I'm captivated with that painting. I, I like it a lot. And so wanting to play Secret of Mana is wanting to play the game that that kind of imagery could come from. Uh, Secret of Mana, the game, is not a goddamn thing like that painting. It turns out. <laughs> not really. The artistry present in that painting is not present in the actual video game. Um, Secret of Mana is... a uh, game. It's fine. It's just a lot more cartoony than that is sort yeah. of the thing. Like... I guess what I was hoping for was something Nintendo that was game. more sure, but I was still hoping for something that was maybe more artfully done, I guess, that was maybe more self-serious and grounded and had something to say, and Secret of Mana is none of those things. It barely has a plot, for starters. It's like Casino. It is, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Joe Pesci, no, um... Uh, James was just fucking yelling at those kids. He's just yeah. got that sprite out by the car. He's telling him he's going to put him in a fucking bag. <laughs> um, it's Seiken Densetsu 2, which is a kind of like a side series Final Fantasy thing that is more of like a top-down sort of action-y RPG. And so right. those well, games um, are a lot more stripped down than a Final Fantasy typically is. Yes, Final Fantasy uh, Adventure here was, uh, that was the first one, right? Seiken I believe, Densetsu I believe one. so. Okay. Yeah. Um and so not only is it stripped down mechanically, but they're also stripped down in terms of story. And so what you get is just a very entry friendly uh action RPG. And for the most part it's fine as just that. And yeah. I guess that's sort of like the promise of the cover was something different than what the actual game was, and that is a big way that the game kind of drops off for me. But also there's just some issues with it mechanically that I feel don't really hold up, excuse me, don't hold up very well anymore. Uh, part of it is that you have to rely on the AI of your two partner characters, and they can't seem to hit shit, and also will often snag on elements in the level. And so when you try to run to the next screen, 
the camera will lock at a certain distance away from a character who's just like stuck around a corner and can't figure out how to maneuver over it to get over to you. So you then have to like switch over to them and pull them around the corner. And it's just like, it, it gets super annoying very quickly. It happens all the time. Uh, there is also like, you, I don't know what it is about like the main character or whoever I would control at any given point in time, but it felt like I just kept swinging at enemies and not doing any damage to them. Like I would, I would swing my sword and no damage would pop out of them. I would get no kind of feedback from the game to indicate that I actually landed a hit. And I don't know if it's that it's running off of some sort of numerical value and it's just saying, even though the sprites connected, like your attack did not land. Oh, like Morrowind? Yeah. And that's frustrating because when you're not, if you base it on some sort of random number, even though the sprites connect, that feels really bad because then it just feels like you, the player, are doing something wrong. Yeah, like Morrowind. Like, yeah. Like, you don't have that problem in a Zelda game. In a Zelda game, if the sword hit the enemy, it hit the enemy. That's kind of the way that an action RPG should be. If you want to then have, like, some sort of value assigned to how much damage you did, like, my attack hit, but it was maybe on the lower end of the damage I was able to deal with that sword, then, like, that's fine. At least my attack landed. I know that I'm doing the right thing. But instead, it's just that I whiffed. Didn't do any damage at all. Yeah, like Morrowind. Sucks. It's exactly like Morrowind. I get it. <laughs> Speaking of bad games, Morrowind no, sucks. Morrowind's good. I but, fucking hate Morrowind. But, but that was something that really bothered me back as a child when I was playing it. I was just like, I'm swinging my sword and he's right there and nothing is happening. Yeah. I hate Oblivion, actually, is, is the one that I hate. It's not Morrowind. Oh, I like Oblivion. After that's my when they lose me. My problem with Oblivion is I had my Xbox 360 I and I was in college in the dorm room and I had my roommate bogarted my Xbox the entire time to play Oblivion. So I had my fill of that game without even being able to touch it. Oblivion was the last good Bethesda game. Yeah. What? You don't like Cyberpunk? That's not Bethesda. It's a great game. Bethesda game. <laughs> Could have fooled me, Larry. It is in spirit. But technically, <laughs> no. Yes. It's basically, what if Bethesda made Deus Ex? Oh, turns out it's not good. Well, that's the thing. So some people are like, uh, um, sure, Cyberpunk has bugs, but is it any worse than uh, the standard Bethesda game? And like, one, like, yes, because Bethesda games usually don't run terribly, at least. Like, they're really buggy, yeah. but they're not that bad. And second, if you're just looking at the bug factor, yeah, it's about the same, but that also should not mean it's excusable because it shouldn't be excusable yep. for Bethesda either. Yep. Anyway, I didn't have any bugs in Secret of Mana because it came from an era where games just worked. Yeah, and which if is they also didn't, a statement uh, that people <laughs> also a statement that people truck out a lot that is not true. There right. were a lot of games that ran like shit back then. Also, a lot of games uh, that were buggy. Look at these ROM sets and look at all these Rev A's and Rev B's. <sighs> yeah. Uh, those were yeah, just Yeah, if you for wanted fun. a better playing, yeah, if you wanted a better playing version of the game, they didn't patch it in for free. You had to go out and buy another card. Like, thankfully, a lot of games did not run so bad that you really needed to actually no. do that. Although, occasionally, you would have something that passed through cert that shouldn't have, like, I don't know, Odd World. Penguin Yay One. What was the problem Is that with the Oddworld? title of this podcast for this week? Uh, the original Oddworld had a game-breaking bug. 
Oh yeah, yeah, it yeah. Was like it was repeatable too. Yeah, yes, like the main talked about thing. that. Yeah, um, and so they, for anyone who hasn't heard the story, uh, Lauren Landing and his team noticed the bug, and so they had gotten in touch and said, like, hey don't ship this version of the game out. We're going to patch this bug. We can send you the new file, and then we can have those pressed to the CD. It's fine. There's a turnaround of like a day on this. And then like somebody in a different department said, press the discs now. And so they sent out this busted version of the game, even though a better version was ready to go. And the issue, and it, it, like, it was like with a bonus level that uh, the strategy yeah. guide showed you how to get to so you could get to it in like five seconds or something. Well, yes and no. So that's a different thing. Oh, the okay. game-breaking bug, I don't remember precisely what it is, other than Lauren Landing saying it was repeatable, and it basically completely fucked your progress in the game. So it was very bad. You should not have that on yeah. a launch copy. Uh, another problem besides the point was the company that was putting out the guide decided to put out a bonus level that you're realistically not supposed to access until right. your second time through it, the it game. was super hard. Yeah, it yeah. was, Lauren, I believe, said it is the single hardest part of the entire game. And so then you have people with this guide who immediately go into it, and it sours their impression of the rest of the game. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of stuff working against Lauren Landing with the launch of Oddworld. But, Soulstorm, coming but, soon. Yeah, hopefully that's... I'm, I have high hopes for that game. I'm really looking forward to that. We have to have a high, um, high hopes for Eleven. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the secret Amanda. Like, I, I guess. Um, I find I, it a little disturbing how much Fuser uh-huh. has made me uh, intimately uh-huh. familiar with Stir Fry by Migos and High Hopes by Panic at the Disco. <laughs> just saying. That sounds like a personal problem to me. Well, it is. Uh, yeah, I just um, I don't know. It's not that Secret Amanda is entirely a bad game i i still think that it is charming in its own ways it, you know again my expectation for it was different than what i actually got but i think if i went in knowing exactly what it was i maybe wouldn't have been so sour on it because like its presentation is still fine the music is incredibly good the story even though it is barely there is still all right like it, it basically boils down to bad magic man wants to raise up a fortress made out of mana because then a mana beast will be attracted to it and if it comes in contact it will destroy the world so you have to uh reawaken the sword of mana and to do that you need to go find the mana tree which is actually your mom doing the bionic commando thing before bionic commando (laughs) (laughs) well that was his wife in his arm Sure, but still, yeah. <laughs> it is it's very similar to that. Um, I think like the, the part that I like most about the plot is that the final battle of the game is actually pretty sad because you defeat the Lich, who is like the actual main bad guy of the game, but the final boss is the Mana Beast. And the Mana Beast isn't a bad guy. The Mana Beast is just acting on instinct so you have to murder this thing even though you really don't want to because if you don't, the world will end. And so there's like, it's kind of sad at the end of the game too because they also base the mana mana beast off of your mount, uh, Flamey, who is this adorable dragon guy. He's really cute and I love him a lot. And then the final boss is basically killing him. Yeah. Eh, And it hurts. Get over it. It sounds like a personal problem. It is. (laughs) 
but like that's the i can't i think the one part of the game where it it kind of invoked something from me that i was really hoping to get out of, out of the rest of the game was i guess dealing with stuff like that that had that sort of level of nuance to it and instead a lot of it is just like i don't know this dude's running a cannon agency just stuff yourself in this cannon he'll blast you into a mountain you gonna play uh trials of mana no i don't think so okay I had a, I, I've had a few times where I've almost wanted to buy the Secret of Mana remake, and then I remind myself that it literally looks like a mobile game. Yeah, and that there it. there exists better music on the soundtrack than what they actually put into the game. I just like if, bought if it you for want, like ten dollars, and I'll probably never play it. Yeah, yeah. If you want, go look up the 2018 alternate version of the boss theme. It's really good. It's really, really good. That song is absolute chaos. And then listen to the actual one they put in the game and how much more subdued it is. I don't know why they made that decision. Uh, The same thing is true of the final boss theme. And I don't know if there's other alternate takes off that soundtrack, but the two that I have heard, I can't believe they didn't bother to put them in. Um, But yeah. Anyway, I give Secret of Mana on a scale uh, using different Mafia movies. I would give it a Godfather 3. It is still, it's okay, it's competent enough, uh, but I did not get what I wanted to get out of it. And also, there was too much Sofia Coppola, which is a problem. <laughs> yeah, always. Yeah. <laughs> Sofia Coppola plays Prim, the uh, female character in Secret of Mana. It's terrible. She does a very bad job with it. Who am I? What am I? <laughs> No more Secret of Mana, I say, as I smash copies of Secret of Mana on my desk. Like, oh, now I just associate Sofia Coppola with Neil Breen because of that. Oh, boy. Yeah, I guess I just want to make it clear. Like, I know a lot of my enjoyment is is false expectations. That's entirely on me. I do think that there is just stuff about that game that just, it does not hold up. It has a certain level of jank to it and poor... Of uh, gamed player feedback that I think kind of holds it back even now. And my understanding too is the remake does not resolve that. I've seen videos of the remake where characters are still getting hung up on things. I can't imagine they change stuff about hit detection in it. It's it's a bummer. Uh, really, it, it was always weird to me that you know there's like a cult around this game and everything because I just remember it being like another Square Enix game. Like it, it was yeah. kind of just there, and it's like, yeah, this is fine. I don't know. Yeah, I think that is actually my takeaway with it is it's just fine. If I kind of strip out my my failed expectations, it's it's just it's fine. Yeah, I don't think uh, it's I any think... more notable than Threads of Fate, you know, something yeah. like that. It's all that painting, man. Everyone sees that painting, and they're like, ooh, it's really good. This game's got to be great. It's an, it's an incredible painting. I the the only two prints I want to own are that Secret of Mana Mana Tree print and the one of Hannibal Lecter doing the Sonic Adventure pose. It's those <laughs> two. I have to have them on my wall. I will stop it. Not- when I get my stimulus check, I know where it's fucking going. Yeah. Hannibal yeah. Adventure. Yeah. The main hang-up is just finding good frames for both of them because uh, I think both are kind of weird sizes. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's it for Retro Corner. So, uh, Hooray. We'll be back next week. Golden Gizmos and Golden Grimmies. It's that time of year. The most um, wonderful time of the year. I'm still racking my brain on who the best new character of the year is. Yeah, me too. Because 
uh, also most of the games last year were remakes, and that doesn't make it any easier. And games this year were sequels or remakes. Uh huh. Yeah. I hold on before we go. I'm not going to say what's on here. I just want to glance at my list. There's precisely one game on my game of the year top five that is a totally original, brand new game for the year, not a remake, not a sequel. So yeah. Best new character 2020. of 2020 <laughs> is uh, alternate universe Tana from Crash 4. <laughs> I mean, actually, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Because I, I just don't know. Or uh, what? Um, what? What's the mask that Richard Horvitz voices? I can't remember oh, what any of them are called. Uh, Lonnie Lowley? Sure. I think. Why not? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, sure. How what about female entropy? Oh, I haven't gotten to that yet. Oh, you still mm. I haven't played any more of Crash 4. <laughs> Spoilers, entropy is way into Solcest. Well, that's like, it for that this is week. his entire character in that game. Say the thing. <laughs> Goodbye, dinosaurs. Dr. Cortex got stuck while Crash was home from vacation. <laughs> Wouldn't it be Coco? No. Or no, it would be, yeah, no, it would be Coco, because she's Crash's uh, sister. Goodbye, dinosaurs. You were still recording? the moon.